0: Happy Monday. This is your host Sophia A. Nelson and I am broadcasting today from Grambling State University in Louisiana. I am honored to have as my special guest the president of the university, Dr. Rick Gallo. Dr. Gallo is the 10th president of Historic Grambling University and he was also a student here many years ago. He and his family have deep roots at the university and I'm going to let him tell you more about that in a minute. He was also an elected state senator and member of the Louisiana House. Today's Monday motivation topic will be Embracing America. I'm down here to speak at convocation tomorrow on Constitution Day, which is September 17, 2019. It is the day that we as a nation celebrate and honor our founding documents. I am particularly excited about tomorrow because I am at one of our great HBCUs in America. Many of my listeners are familiar with Grambling, because of its outstanding football program under the legendary Hall of Fame coach Eddie Robinson. Let me bring in Dr. Gallo. Good morning, sir. How are you today?
1: Well, good morning. Oh, it's a great day to be a Tiger. Great day to be here at Granville State University, the place where everybody is somebody.
0: I like that motto, by the way. I like that a lot. Today is HBCU Impact Day. Tell me a little bit about what that is.
1: Well, you know, for for someone like myself who grew up in an HBCU town every day is uh, is HBCU Impact Day. We make an impact on the world every day. Uh, You can look at everything from uh, top military brass to leaders in corporate America, educators, entertainers, uh, who are all products of HBCUs, and so uh, you know it's kind of like Valentine's Day. You don't wait until Valentine's Day to tell your <laughs> sweetheart that you uh, that you love them, right?
0: Brownie points with your wife on that. Right. I want to make sure it, she heard that it, segment.
1: Exactly, exactly. So again, as much as uh, you know, certainly as an HBCU president, uh, I appreciate the designation of a day, uh, and, I, and I talk about this often when I'm doing uh black history month speeches i said carter g woodson did not envision that we would only talk about black history during february and mm-hmm. that is something that we do uh year-round and, and so you know just maybe a hundred yards from from here is where i attended nursery school
0: and wow. attended
1: nursery school through college on this same campus so wow. the nursery school we had uh laboratory school which was uh grades 1 through 12 and then transitioning here uh to the university so uh, again, it, it is so much a, a part of who who I am and, and others like me who uh, have HBCU uh, all in our DNA. So every day is a day that we should uh, absolutely celebrate the amazing things that, that HBCUs represent and the amazing things we do every day.
0: Let me ask you this, when we think about historically black colleges and universities, what is The impact, I mean, I've read many articles. I know that my sorority sister, presidential candidate Kamala Harris has been talking about uh, the numbers of graduates and how HBCUs uh, disproportionately turn out doctors, lawyers, engineers, et cetera. Talk to me about the importance, uh, President Gallo, about HBCUs, because I know that, you know, in this day and age we live in, in the quote unquote post-racial America, which we know is not true. Um that folks go well, why do we still
1: need black colleges? Why well, do we well and, and again talking about the, the numbers, seventy-five percent of all black PhDs are products of uh of HBCUs, forty-six percent of black business executives, fifty percent of black engineers, eighty percent of federal black judges, eighty-five mm. percent of all black doctors, fifty percent of black attorneys, seventy-five percent of mili- black military officers. 40% of black dentists, 50% of black pharmacists, 75% of black veterinarians are all products of HBCUs, wow. and, and that uh, you know, doesn't even touch uh, the number of nurses. We're broadcasting your, your uh, podcast today from uh, the School of Nursing here uh, at State University. Think about the number of, of uh, HBCUs nurses. Who like my wife, who uh, who's a nurse practitioner, has three nursing degrees from from here at Grambling, wow. uh, who are providing uh, top quality healthcare all over the place. So uh, again, I think the numbers certainly speak mm-hmm. for for themselves. And uh, you know, when there was a point in time where you know certainly African Americans had no other choice. Yes. Uh, but now, even though we do have the choice to go anywhere, what what we're finding, especially now with everything going on in America that there is a, a level of reconnection mm-hmm. with HBCUs. And I, and I always tell kids when I'm out recruiting, you know, at Grambling and, and at other HBCUs, you will be celebrated, not tolerated. That's so good. Yes, and so, that's you know, so that is, um, you know, that's uh, the mission that we continue to um, to fulfill and, uh, and and I think we do a, a great job of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, let me follow up to that and just give you an opportunity to talk about Grambling State University just uh, I've been reading about your cybersecurity program. And yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd like you to talk about that because again, I, I think it's so, one of the reasons I'm really excited about being here is because again, I think our great HBCUs need to be more celebrated and understanding of the impact they have. But I don't think people think cybersecurity and an HBCU go together. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. And and so, you know, i uh, uh, Well, I guess there's a lot I could say, but one thing I definitely want to to point out, and I uh, was invited to speak before the cybersecurity subcommittee uh, of of the Homeland Security Committee in in Congress. And one of the the points that came out was that uh, in in any defense um, uh, operation, uh, you want to avoid having blind spots. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that that you have uh, young people studying cybersecurity at an HBCU, who may have a very different uh, set of experiences that they are bringing to the process than, say, a student who's from from MIT or from, from Harvard. They still have the same level of, of sophistication and understanding of the, the general systems. However, they approach it from a different perspective, okay? And so uh, when, when we look at, at most corporations and you look at the, the federal government, and the need to have diversity in the workforce. HBCUs are the places where you will will get that that high quality talent. Here in the state of Louisiana, Grambling produces 40% of the graduates in computer science and CIS. That's right. And and so when you think about that number, and we graduated our our first class of uh, computer science graduates here at Grambling in 1972. So we have been in this business of producing computer scientists since 1972. And so now to add uh, this additional degree area in cybersecurity, and currently today, uh, there are over two and a half million jobs uh, that are open and need to be filled in cybersecurity, but the workforce isn't there. So, you know, certainly we see this as not only an area for our students to get jobs today, but in the foreseeable future. I mean, when you think about the Internet of Things and, and all of the uh, number of devices that are a part of, of the Internet of Things, this, uh, the cyber threats are only going to continue to grow. And so having, uh, having young, uh, young people educated here at Grambling to go out and, and be on the front lines of, of defending our cyber uh, you know, area is, is of the utmost
0: importance. That's outstanding. Um, I'm really excited. When I was an attorney, I practiced cybersecurity and intel law, which at that time was very unique because 9-11 had just happened sure. and I was a young lawyer just starting my career. And uh, It was an area that I understood probably would unfortunately be with us for a very long time. So I, I definitely want to uh, congratulate you on that. It's very exciting news. So, so let me just one more plug before, before we get on to the Constitution and one other question I want to talk about. Which is, um, tell me, you know, high school seniors, my niece is one of them, we've talked about her, and, um, you know, you've got high school seniors all over this country uh, looking at colleges now, they're going to start the application process soon. Tell me why someone should choose Grambling State University and and give Grambling a look.
1: Well again, I, I think the, the first thing is that you, you will have the opportunity to receive a high quality education, which you know, ultimately is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And so you know, whether you're, you're pursuing uh, biology as a, as a pre-med major, which you know, biology is our second largest uh, program here on campus, uh, or whether you're, um, you're studying criminal justice, which is our largest program, and you look at like, the chief of uh, the Dallas Police Department, uh, Renee Hall, who is a Granwood State University graduate, uh, the first African-American female uh, police chief in, uh, in Dallas, Texas. And so uh, you know, when, when you look at the quality of the education and the ability to go out and, and find not only good jobs, but great jobs and great careers uh, in, in so many different disciplines. When I mean, you think about Tom Moorhead, uh, who is the only African-American Rolls-Royce Lamborghini McLaren dealer in the United States of America. He is a graduate of Grammar State University right from the south side of Monroe, Louisiana, uh, Mr. Moorhead is. Uh, you know, Doug Williams. Uh,
0: so, Tom is my neighbor, and I bought my BMW from him right. and his wife. They literally down the street from where I live in Northern Virginia. BMW Sterling, you're right, is now the only black owner. There used to be three, but they're the only one in right. the state. So, right. very familiar. Go ahead. You well, and,
1: and I always say, you know, you can start at Grambling and, and go anywhere. So, you know, we produce doctors and we produce. Uh, police uh, and, and security officers, uh, lawyers, uh, engineers—we're we're doing research right right now on campus. Uh, it's a collaboration between our chemistry, biology, and engineering technology departments, where they have created a polymer in the in the lab that that um, is being used to build drones, and it is a uh, biodegradable uh, substance that they have created and so theoretically when, when you think about the uh, the US drone that was shot down by the, uh, by the Iranians had that been uh, a drone that was mm-hmm. uh, constructed mm-hmm. with the material we've created here mm-hmm. on our campus it would have eventually biodegraded would wow. not leave a, a negative impact on on the environment so that's the type of research we're doing cancer research in, in the biology department as well there's so many things that, that we have going so you know, as much as we want to say it's for the culture, uh, you know, that's that's important. Again, in, in this, you know, society we live in now where, you know, uh, tolerance isn't always, uh, you know, the, the thing that, that students can uh, receive at, at PWIs, you know, you're going to be celebrated at Grammy. You're going to have an opportunity to grow your your whole self. You know, you, you will really have people who have their arms wrapped around you and, and are invested in your success as a student you're not just another number
0: wow Uh, well i think that is uh something to be considered particularly in light of the times that we're living in and let's kind of segue to that as i'm going to just kind of wind this down so we can get to the class that we're going to be doing in leadership today talking about emotional intelligence um tell me a little bit about constitution day which is september 17 tomorrow um, and why do you celebrate it here at Bramley? Why, why do you think it's important for the young people in HBCU to, to study the Constitution? Well,
1: and, and I always like to refer back to probably one of our uh, greatest, uh, best-known icons, uh, Eddie Robinson. And, and Coach Robinson used to always, in, in many of his speeches, and I, I remember one of his, his last public speeches, and he, he talked about the fact that, you know, I, I know that people you will know, talk about my, my uh, accomplishments on, on the football field and the wins and the number of you know, players I've said to the NFL. He said, but what I am most proud of out of everything is being a great American. Mm-hmm. OK. And so it, being a great American starts with having a great constitution. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at uh, unrest all over the world and, and how so many governments around the world are unable to, to really Function as, as you know bad as we think things are it certainly could be worse and I think it's because the uh, the founders the framers of our Constitution had the foresight to provide a, a road map it doesn't have all it's not like your your GPS on your phone now that's going to give you turn by turn but it's, it's going to give you a sufficient enough framework for which to operate the government having checks and balances and, and even in times where now, certainly we we can legitimately question you know whether or not there is an independent legislative branch uh separate and apart from the executive branch when you know members of uh of the senate won't bring forth legislation right. only until they know whether the, the president is going to So that's not how it's
0: supposed to work that's actually. not how
1: it's supposed to work but again we we do have a document that continues to live yes. and and one that that I, I think ultimately as the pendulum swings back and forth and when you're Get old enough to have seen uh, the pendulum swing. It it does tend to swing back and forth, and so I, I'm very confident that we we will get back to the point where where all the branches of government will function uh, in a co-equal. Uh, and I think this this time, right this current time, as painful as it is for, for many of us to uh, to live through, I think will set the example for the next uh, for the next decade that, that we will not want to relive what we're going through now. And I, I'm very optimistic that uh, that we will learn our lessons from this time and do it better going forward.
0: You know, I couldn't agree more. You know, my last book, the name of this podcast, E Pluribus One, I just translated the unum into one out of many one. And you're right. Look, let's be honest. The founding fathers, as brilliant as they were and as brave as they were to forge this nation, also the first 11 out of 13 presidents owned slaves. Uh, they, Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. George Washington was a slaveholder. James Monroe, Madison, slaveholders. So while we don't forget that, I love what you said. The reality is they provided a framework. They understood at the time that slavery was problematic. If you read Jefferson's notes on the declaration where he's with, uh, you know, Ben Franklin and Adams, and they're writing this great document, Jefferson actually wants to get rid of slavery, but the South isn't having it Mm -hmm. because economically they knew they had to build this nation and free labor was the easiest way to do that. Right. But- You're right. This Constitution has lived and breathed Mm -hmm. the 13th, 14th, 15th amendments, which abolished slavery, gave the right to vote and the uh, Equal Protections Clause. Right. So you're right about that. And I'm excited that you are exposing your students to that, particularly at a time like this. They need to know.
1: Indeed. And so when I talk about developing the whole self, I think you have to have a part of of the overall matriculation experience, mm-hmm. being exposed to, you know, dynamic speakers yeah. like yourself who will come in and, and talk about the Constitution okay. and, and bring it home to them in, in such a way that they understand that it's not some abstract idea. That doesn't and, apply
0: to them. Right. You know, it exactly. very much applies it, to
1: them.
0: It does. Let, let's wrap this. Uh, you know, it, it, it is, you've alluded to a couple times in our dialogue here about the times in which we're like, look, our country is deeply divided right now, deeply divided on race. Uh, We have a president of the United States for better work, and I don't want to get political in a sense, but the reality is is that this president has had very divisive rhetoric and language, particularly against people of color. And the New York Times, as you know, did a uh, fabulous set of articles and series around the 400th commemoration of 1619, which is the first enslaved people arriving on the coast of Virginia near uh, Portsmouth and Hampton some say Jamestown, but there's a big debate in the historical community about where Fort Comfort and whether or not it was Jamestown or where this happened. But the reality is is that we are divided right now. And I wanted to kind of get your reaction to um, the fact that the conservative community is pushing back, there was they were very angry about these articles about slavery and about the fact that slavery is an integral part of how this nation was built how it was developed, black people, African people played a huge role in the success of this country. And I kind of just wanted to, to get your sense of, you know, who's right on this debate? Is it that the country really starts in 1776 or 17, you know, um, 87 when the constitution is ratified or does it really start at 1619 when the first slaves did it? i just kind of want to pick your brain on that a little bit
1: so and and i, I think sometimes we we conveniently uh I say we uh there, there are those who, who uh, conveniently remember and, and acknowledge certain things with without acknowledging others and mm-hmm. and i would say these same conservatives that that you uh you um, referring to would not uh would not dispute the fact that uh that, that Moses did uh, uh you know provide an opportunity for for those who were uh, in Egypt to uh, to escape who were slaves right mm-hmm. and and that god you know empowered the the parting of the red sea mm-hmm. to emancipate
0: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. these slaves right yes, absolutely. and and so you know again you cannot uh ignore fact and and fact clearly is that that their slavery is a part of, of our history, and, and who we as a country, our DNA. right? That that's right. And so you know you can, uh, I mean, every area that you can look at that slaves had an, an impact in, and post uh, emancipation, uh, you know, continue to to have a role in the in the development of of this uh, of this country. And so uh, again, I, I think to to try and dismiss it as either not happening or not being as significant as it was. I think really ignores uh, the facts, and, uh, and and really you cannot uh, you can't argue the facts; they are what they are.
0: One last question, and then we'll wrap it, um, Dr. Gallo. How do we bring this deeply divided country together? What can the young people at Grambling and and the faculty and staff of not just our HBCs, but what do the educators like yourself in this country do? How do we bring this country together?
1: Well, the, the first thing I will, will say is to pray. Uh, because prayer does uh, change things. And, uh, really? you know, God has uh, the ability to, uh, to to heal our land. And uh, certainly there's there's nothing too big for Him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if you're a believer like I am, uh, I think you certainly uh, trust in God first and, and not in man. Now, secondly, for the, the message for our students is to simply be excellent in everything that you do. And if, if you are... IBM or Google or Facebook or anybody, and you're looking for the best cybersecurity professional, and if that person happens to be a product of Grambling, guess what? They don't care what color you are. If you're going to be able to do the job in, in an excellent way, then you've got a career ahead of you. And so uh, my message to to our students always is be excellent. In, in everything that you do and and by being excellent you set a great example of, of how you're not an inferior people mm-hmm. you are a superior people you mm-hmm. are able to compete and exceed uh, your peers from from any other university I, I would dare to say that that some of the students that we have studying here right now can compete with Harvard and Yale and MIT uh, Stanford any of the uh, any of the institutions that are, are typically looked at, uh, and, you know, and you look at some of our, our graduates right now, Adrian Butler, for instance, uh, who is, uh, he's the chief information officer at uh, Branch, which is the, mm-hmm. the parent company for Applebee's mm-hmm. and, uh, and IHOP. Mm-hmm. His son is a freshman in our first class of wow. cybersecurity uh, students. Awesome. Okay. And so although, you know, uh, Adrian senior lives in LA, his son could have gone to any school on the West Coast or, or quite frankly, anywhere, country. anywhere. Uh, but he's right here. And I, I think the, the fact that someone who has a, uh, is the chief information officer uh, at this national company uh, to uh, trust Grambling, with his son in cybersecurity, I think speaks to the value. It yeah, it does, it, it, it absolutely does.
0: It says you're competing with Hopkins, MIT, and some of the best and brightest yes. in this country. which Well, listen, Dr. Gallo, you and I could talk forever. Uh, and I am humbled that we were able to sit down this morning. This has been a great dialogue. I wanna have you back on, particularly as we head towards uh, the BioClassic. And yes. hopefully we might be able to do a couple things there. we wanna get you on when 2020 kicks off. Uh, we got a lot going on in yes, this goodness. country, so thank you for having me here. I'm delighted. I'm excited, and uh, I look forward to the rest of this week.
1: And, Sophia, thank you again for for taking time to be here uh, at the place where everybody is somebody, Granville State
0: University. I love it. Thank you. Thank you.